0: Welcome to the Free To Be More podcast by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. I'm your host, Megan McCorkle. This podcast series features conversations with leaders and innovators having a positive impact in our city. Let's get started. Your journey starts here. She's a visual artist, photographer, and editor. Shan Wallace uses her lens to document and archive life in Baltimore. Now she's speaking to the Free To Be More podcast about her art and the impact she hopes it has. Shan Wallace, thank you so much for joining us.
1: I'm really happy to be here, Megan. Thank you.
0: So first of all, for people who are not familiar with you and your work, just talk to me a little bit about your work as a visual artist, specifically in Baltimore.
1: Okay. So I split my time in Baltimore as a photographer and a collage artist, I'm starting to play around and experiment with moving images. But for the most part, my practice is documenting Baltimore, especially Black Baltimore, in a way that prioritizes care and attentiveness, in a way that is collaborative, meaning that this work that I'm doing, it's a collaboration between us both. So we can be, you know, authors of our own narratives and our ongoing history in Baltimore. And then I use those photographs that I take in Baltimore. I use them for my collage work. And my collage work is a lot different. I get to be a lot more creative, but also the process just requires me, whereas though the photography work, it's collaborative. So I have to collaborate with community and neighbors and members of the city. And the collage work is just really a resemblance of my own childhood observations I make in the city and, um, just figures put together to create these cinematic scenes that kind of talk about being domestic and black recreation and leisure and fun and all of these other things that I kind of imagine. Mm-hmm.
0: You talk about your childhood. Tell me a little bit about growing up here in Baltimore, and like, were you always artistic as a child? Is it something that someone introduced you to? How did you? form this passion as a child?
1: So growing up, my grandparents raised me and they, I used to take photos of them with the Polaroid camera. Mm -hmm. So I started to actually start taking images through them. I think when I was in elementary school, I think that I could say that I was an artist. I used to write poetry and recite poetry. I was in all of the plays. I used to draw graffiti. I used to draw um, photos and drawings for my friends. So I think when I was in elementary school, uh, I was in my like prime. Mm-hmm. But as I got a little older, um, middle school and high school especially, I played basketball. So basketball was kind of like the priority because it was going to be the thing that got me to college. And it did. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that I've been dabbling in art my entire life, um, especially when I was really young, but I kind of took a pause from it as I got a little older in middle school and high school. But I can say that my first image I took at least when I was about six or seven in the park with my grandparents. I still have the photographs that I took of them. And then like during college, um, I picked up a camera again and started to take photographs, but I don't think that I was an artist. I wouldn't consider myself an artist. I think that I consciously started pursuing art with intention around maybe 2015. I had just graduated. I had been doing photography and I had realized that I didn't want to be a journalist because I went to Bowie State University for journalism. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a journalist, but I knew that I wanted to work with imagery and I knew that I wanted to work um, slightly in telling stories and documenting people and really playing a role as a, a servant to my community. And photography felt really in line with that. And it's been able to really allow me to be exactly what I wanted to be many, many years ago. And since then, as an artist, especially with COVID, I've had to reinvent my practice. I've had to reinvent myself as an artist. I've had to reinvent just my process and the tools that I use and ask myself consistently, why am I doing this? Why am I an artist What do I love about this? And that's what I've really enjoyed as of lately, just reinventing oneself because I've kind of had to. Mm -hmm.
0: Was there someone like in your young life, was it your grandparents or was there a mentor after college that showed you like, this can be a career. This can be the passion that you have can be something that can be your job and your love for the rest of your life.
1: So I, I didn't have a mentor and my grandparents, they, like my my family for the most part, didn't really have a direction of where they wanted me to go. They just knew that they wanted me to be my best self. And that could be whatever. It could be as a basketball player. It can be as a doctor. It could be as an artist. It could be whatever. It wasn't until, um, and I like to accredit Tumblr for being like, the platform that introduced me to the world around me. I mean, I lived growing up, I rarely left the city. Sometimes we wouldn't even leave our side of town or our zip code. And so even after high school, like during high school and after high school, I started to use Tumblr. And Tumblr really introduced me to all of the things that were happening around the world. What was happening in New York, what was happening in Los Angeles? What was happening in Paris? Like uh, abroad, like artistically, what others were doing to have communion, to make what what their work looked like, and that was the most inspiring for me. You know, being a young girl living in two one two one eight at the time, and I have we have dial up internet AOL, and mm-hmm. I plug it in, I um, plug the Ethernet cable in. And I get on Tumblr and I see an entire world at the, you know, not at the palm of my hand, but at like my desk, my laptop. And that was like the seed that said to me, oh, this is the world. You see people your age, you see people who you feel connected to making work. And a lot of those people happen to be like artists, stylists, painters. In New York, especially because those were a lot of the pages that I was following. And those were a lot of people who I was looking at like, oh, I think these people are cool. And so I started to travel to New York and I started to meet these people and I started to really see like, oh, first, this place is really close to me, but also like, these people, these creatives, these artists are carving out a space for themselves and they're just simply being themselves. And so that really kind of motivated me to be an artist or start to think about and figure out how I can pursue art or what that really felt like. And that took a lot of time. It took some time for sure. And I remember getting some stickers, we, me and my friends would put them around the city. We had this like art game where we would go and do graffiti. Mm-hmm. We would take photos, we would do music videos. We would do all of these things because it was something that I felt like I wanted to do, but I hadn't experienced it in the place that I was living in.
2: Save money every day with your Pratt Library Card. Check out free books, borrow hotspots, free computer classes, homework, tutoring, and more. Your Pratt Card is the most important card in your wallet. Find out how much you're saving with the Pratt Savings Calculator at prattlibrary.org slash calculator. You're free to be more at the Pratt.
0: Have you been able to step back? Like you talk about how 2015 was really when you first started pursuing this as a career. And to me, that's wild because that was only seven years ago. I know. And you've accomplished so much. You've had, you you shot for Vogue Italia and Calvin Klein and you've had museum shows. And is there a way, like how do you internalize that and take a look at where you've, how far you've come in such a short period of time?
1: That's a really great question. I can say that in 2015, I mean, I sacrificed so much and I just worked and That really meant that I needed to figure out in 2015, I needed to figure out what type of photographer I wanted to be, what I Mm -hmm. wanted to say. I needed to figure out what my voice was, what my process was, because I had knew about cameras because in 20, I want to say 2010. Yeah. But in 2010, for a while, for maybe a couple of years, I worked at Best Buy and Mm -hmm. I worked in the camera department when I first got the job. And so I would just play with the cameras all day. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that this was something that I wanted to do, but in 2015, it kind of just like clicked, like, this is what you're going to do. I also got laid off from work. And so that was also a big thing, like, well, the only thing you have to lose now, you don't have any job security. The only thing that you have to lose is really nothing. The only thing that can happen is you can fail and then you can figure out how you failed and come up with a different plan but keep the same goal. Mm-hmm. And so I just worked in trying to figure out who I was at the time as an artist and what that really meant. And because I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have any mentors, I didn't have a lot of artist friends, I didn't have a lot of experience, I failed a lot and I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And projects worked out great. I was able to collaborate, I had an internship at the Contemporary um, Museum, which was here in Baltimore. I was able to figure a lot out by other people believing in me and giving me opportunity to work with them or work for them. And so all of that really helped on top of like me just consistently working to be the best photographer that I could be and using what I had. And what I had was I had a camera. I know Baltimore. I know the streets of Baltimore. I love the people of Baltimore. How can I use what I have to sharpen my own skills but also make this a collaborative thing and also carve out what I'm trying to say and and try to figure out what my language is. And so to answer your question, I think about it all the time because I'm like at a very different place in my career now than I was just two years ago, four years ago. And when I look back, I'm just reminded that I worked really, really hard not only did I work hard, but I was really dedicated and motivated to like figure this out and be the best that I can be. And so, yeah, it's I'm always thinking about that question. I'm always thinking about, you know, how does it feel to be where I am now? How does it feel to have worked so much? And now I work a lot smarter. I work a lot differently. I work slower as well. At that time, the first couple years of my practice, I was working very quickly. I was just working, working, working. And like not really processing where I was going, what I was doing. And now, especially because I have the time and I'm working a lot slower, I realized that I needed to work like that to get where I am now. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you know, and also like, I'm very blessed to have people in the city support me. I'm very blessed to have ancestors that kind of guide me. I'm very blessed and happy to have artist friends. We all, you know, like, share our experiences and hold each other down and support one another. Um, But I have to accredit a lot of this to really the city of Baltimore because they've allowed me to take their photograph and they've allowed me to, you know, work on projects with them and document them and give them copies of photographs. And they've really uh, allowed me space and support to Mm -hmm. figure out what type of artist I wanted to be and what type of seeds I wanted to plant that would essentially grow. And so it's, it hasn't been a long time. It hasn't even, I mean, I've been a photographer for almost a decade, Mm -hmm. but as an artist, it hasn't been a really long time and I've accomplished a lot and I've made a lot of work that I'm really proud of. I've met a lot of people along the way. I've traveled abroad. I've lived many different places. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so, so grateful. I have a lot of gratitude in my heart.
0: You mentioned, I mean, how much you've traveled and seen the arts communities in different cities and different parts of the world. What would you say for people who maybe are not familiar with the Baltimore arts community about how strong the arts are here specifically in this city?
1: I think that like we have a lot of creative people here. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of talented people here. We have a lot of skilled people here. And we also have really great institutions. I especially love the Enoch Pratt Library, where a lot of the librarians are artists. They're mm-hmm. not at the library operating as artists, but in their downtime or in their time outside of work, they're artists. And so mm-hmm. I've been able to learn a lot from the artists in the libraries. Um, we also have the Baltimore Museum of Art, which, I mean, I'm proud to call that museum home and I'm proud that that place is in the city mm-hmm. because they've been able to really think outside of the box when it comes to curation and when it comes to art and when it comes to supporting artists in Baltimore. Like the Guarding the Art uh, show I thought was genius. I thought it was brilliant and I had been so invested. I've been waiting to see it and I saw it and I was just so proud of those curators but also really proud of that museum, because that was just something that I felt like was really, really thoughtful. But, you know, I feel like that we have so many artists that are using all of this public, abandoned, disinvested space. Mm -hmm. And that really gives character to the city. It really gives character to our neighborhoods, because I think one of the things that I really love about Baltimore artists, especially, is that We make do with what we have and it may not be a lot, but we do the best that we can. And a lot of times that can be really be transformative. Like, I think one of the things that I have learned and that many of us know that a lot of people don't go to museums, a lot of people don't go to shows. But I've been able to realize that there are a lot of Baltimore artists, myself included, who use the public space as a canvas, as a way to create art, as a way to put art in our neighborhoods and in our communities. So a lot of time, Baltimore residents and Baltimore community members, all they really have to do sometimes is step outside their house or get on the bus or drive in their car and you'll see some art. You'll see the presence of an artist there. And that's what I really love about this city. We're very raw and we have a very particular aesthetic and look and feel, especially because like, It's in Maryland. Maryland is a part of the South, but we're not the deep South. We're like at the very top of the South. And I think that that tends to get overlooked. And I think that when people think about Baltimore they think about the wire or they think about seafood and crabs, which is relevant but we have really amazing talented artists here who are preserving history, giving history a different functionality, working with archives, Showing work around the world, selling work, really putting Baltimore on their back as they go around the entire world. And it's been really brilliant and beautiful to recognize and to see. So I think the best thing I could tell someone is you just have to come to Baltimore and experience the people and experience the city and really just kind of open your eyes and don't shut out any parts of the city because all of it is interconnected. And there's a really large presence of artists here who are really dedicated to speaking about Baltimore, but also highlighting it in their work. Mm
0: -hmm. Speaking of art in public place, you have a new piece in the renovated Lexington Market. What did creating that mean to you? And what does it mean to you that it's in such an accessible space for people to see?
1: Yeah, so I am so honored to have this mural going inside of the new Lexington Market building. To give some context, for five years from 2015 to about 2020, I worked on a five-year photo project around Lexington Market. And it's something that I worked on and something that I didn't really publicize or make really public. I just kept it really quiet. Occasionally you'll see a photo of it like in Baltimore Magazine or True Loves Magazine, which is by Lawrence Burney. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, and I also showed some work in the BMA too, but for the most part, this is like an archival project that I want to sit on. Most of the photographs that I used for this mural come from that five-year project from Lexington Market. and. I think one of the things that I'm really serious about and I consider so much is I want there to be continuity in my work. I want you to be able to see different references, but also I want you to be able to see like different pieces of my work from a different time into the work that I'm making now and possibly in the future. And so this mural, it's the biggest, largest public art piece I've ever done. My first was a wheat paste project. And then I did a 60 foot mural at the Baltimore Museum of Art. But this is like the largest. And it's about food, which Lexington Market is all about food. It's all about community. It's all about communion. It's all about, you know, these different cultures and these different people from these different parts of the town coming together to serve the people of Baltimore and provide good quality food. And so I'm really excited about this. I haven't named it yet. For some reason, I just keep Going back and forth about a name and nothing has really set yet, but the piece is finished. It should be getting installed really soon and then it should open really soon. And I think we're going to have like a small little opening, but I'm really excited about this. I'm really honored um, to put this work in this market. I've been going to Lexington Market since I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a large contribution to my personal um, experiences and history with my parents, with my friends in high school. And so this really, really means a lot to me. And so I'm really, really excited about
2: it and thankful too.
0: Yes, I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited.
2: Go back to school with The Pratt. Get free online tutoring for your student with The Pratt Library eCard. No internet, no problem. The Pratt checks out free hotspots and Chromebooks. Steam to go kits are also available for students. Open new doors of learning at The Pratt.
0: one of the things and you've touched on it a bunch in this interview is sort of the idea of archive and Mm -hmm. how important that is and making sure that the archive is a real reflection of who we are as a society today. I think archive can be kind of an intimidating word for some people. So tell me what does archive mean to you and how do you view
1: yourself as an archivist? Um, I mean, I think in really simple terms, archive is just a record. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be a personal record. It can be an institutional record. It can be a government record. So I think to be really simple and basic, you know, we all have birth certificates. We all may have like the photos of our little infant feet on like a piece of paper or, you know, we all have like little cards with our names on it, like name tags or school photographs or family photographs or magazines that we collect or news clippings from the paper. So I think that it could be many things. I think it all depends on who's collecting and who is actually doing that work. It can be really intimidating because I think when we think about archives, it has to be in this super traditional way where people have to be trained And you have to uh, handle certain materials with care and that you can only access it if you fill out a database and you go to the place and you show them your ID and someone has to do the touching and everything for you. And that can be true. That is true in a lot of ways. But also we can be personal archivists for ourselves, for our families, for our community, for the people that we live with, and also the society and the planet in which we share. And so. Me as an archivist, I like to think of it as the photographs and the photography work that I have been doing, my life's work is an archive. It's a huge archive. And in that archive, I have smaller projects or designated projects that fit into a particular category. So for example, a lot of times when I take photographs of people, I give people copies. So I print two copies, one for me and one for them. Mm -hmm. So they get a copy, which to me is an investment in their archive. It's like a starter pack. It's like, here's (laughs) your photo. Here is the information that is attached to it. Here's who I am. I've signed it. This can contribute to what you already have, or this could hopefully help you and accommodate you with starting something new. And then I have my photograph, which I have in my studio, it's all in plastic and I have written down. Sometimes people don't want to tell you their names, but I just write down all of the things that I remember from that day, like what day it was, what we talked about, where I met them, why I took their photograph, kind of a little bit about the process. And then all of those photographs like are together. And then I have like the Lexington Market Project, which was five years, which is its own personal archive. Then I have my own photographs from my own family, Photographs I take of my grandparents, photographs of my parents, my siblings. And so an archive could really be carved out as whatever you want it to be, and it could be catered to whatever your interests are. I collect old vinyl records, which is, and primarily the vinyl records that I collect are like speeches and Black history. So, Mm -hmm. like poems from Nikki Giovanni and like Mm -hmm. the last speech of Martin Luther King and like, Cicely Tyson, like reading like poems from like Langston Hughes and all these other um, poets and icons, and so yeah, the exciting thing about archiving is that like it allows you to collect and it allows you to remember, and often we're remembering you know times that we've experienced, but also I think it's really important to remember people who've paved the way to make life better for us to provide information so we can navigate to society and navigate this world the way that we do. And so I want to encourage everyone to think about collecting, think about your own record. I write things down. I have people write things down for me. Whenever I'm trying to not take photography so seriously, I use my point-and-shoot camera and I take photos of my friends. I am a photographer very casually, and playfully, which is really fun. And that's like my way of trying to archive in a way that isn't solely about like, it needs to be this and it needs to be this. I get to have a playful archive, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. And so I wanna encourage everyone to think about archiving, visit your local libraries, definitely visit archivists. They sometimes are in churches, sometimes Mm -hmm. they're at the museums, sometimes they're in schools. There's archives everywhere, believe it or not, even on our buildings. Some of our buildings have these really small, these really large signs. They have these faded signs. All of these things are records that are being collected in some way.
0: Mm -hmm. It's such a different way to think about it. And, you you know, I think I'll drive down the street and look a little bit differently because you're right, especially buildings here. um, It really is an archive of what our history was in the Mm -hmm. city. Um, You mentioned the library and I want to mention that you are the artist in residence at the Pratt Library. So tell me a little bit about that and what you've been doing at the library, particularly with some of the young people.
1: Absolutely. It is an honor to talk about my artist in residence at the library. So yes, I'm at the library, have an office space. I've been splitting my time at the library doing a lot of things. One is some months ago, we took portraits at the library. So I'm in the process of getting everybody a copy of their portrait, but we've had some sitters come in. Some people came with their friends, some college students came with their friends, Uh, father and his son came, Um, caregiver came with some children that she's caring for. So it's been really, really great to have the public come in and have their portrait taken. This is also a project that I started At Beatty's Ford Library in North Carolina, it was a part of a residency program that I was a part of called The Roll Up, which is a residency started by Jessica Gaynell Moss. I went there for six months and I went to the library and took portraits there. And it was really great. So I wanted to do it here in Baltimore, especially because I'm an artist in residence at the library. Also. I am doing oral history, you know, conversations and projects where I'm inviting people to come in and tell me about themselves, tell me about their experiences in Baltimore. I'm working with other artists like Webster Phillips, who is basically bringing forth his grandfather's and father's photographs and inviting community members in to identify some of the history. Maybe they can identify themselves or their family members. And it's been really great doing that. Because we've gotten a lot of information about very particular parts of Baltimore and certain histories that we don't all know about. And that's been really with the elders because they've been able to identify a lot of people and a lot of what's happening in the um, photographs. Also, we just I'm finishing a photography course with the teens on mm-hmm. the teen side of the library, which has been really, really great. A lot of them are like starting high school, already in high school. It's a variety of ages in the course, which has been really great because they've been really fun. They've learned a lot about film photography and digital photography. I've learned a lot about them. Some of them like to draw. Some of them are interested in fashion. Some of them are unsure what they're interested in. But for the most part, it's been really great to hang out with them and teach them photography because I'm hoping that this is just a small little seed that can help them figure out you know, what they want to be in the world, and what they want their careers to be and what their interests are. And then lastly, I like to say that now I'm kind of an advocate on why artists should be in libraries. Me being at the library has been a really, really transformative process for me. It's transformed my practice so much. Um, I really enjoy being at the library. It's really an inspiring place. There are a lot of people there. You see so many types of people. You talk to so many types of people, including the staff and the people who work there. Of course, there are archives, records, books, magazines, collections, so many special collections there. But it's really a democratic place for me, which I really love. And that's a part of like my process. My process is very democratic. It includes a lot of other people and a lot of other pieces that are outside of myself. And I think that it's really important that we have artists inside of libraries because I think that it can really just enhance people's experiences when they come and visit, when they come and sit down, when they just want to come and experience the library and get some information. So I've been really grateful to be there. And me being at the library has informed my practice a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. One of my last questions for you is, and you talk about working with those young people, if there's somebody out there as a young person who has admired your work, is following your career, and maybe they're wondering, how can I do this?" or you know need some inspiration, what would you say to a young person who has the passion to be an artist and is trying to figure out how do you get there?
1: Mm-hmm. So to younger artists, if you're serious about being an artist or even if you're considering it or thinking about it, or if you're not thinking about it, I think, one of the best things I can say to you is to find a mentor, find someone, an art teacher or an artist in your community or an elder or someone who might be involved in the arts. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Always be a student of life. Always be a student of art. I like to always say too, to students of mine. I'm always accessible. I love mentoring young people who are thinking about being an artist. So if you have some real questions and you may have a hard time finding an artist or someone to talk to, always come talk to me. I'm at the library or you can always just go to my website, shanwireless.work and reach out to me if you have any questions. But I think really it's, you know, it's like everything else. You have to practice. You have to put in work but you also have to learn a lot. And so if anyone out there is interested in being an artist, I certainly want to encourage you to start pursuing that now. And you might not have the answers to a lot of your questions, but you will start to gain experience that can inform and guide you to the next step, to the next piece, to commercial work or commission work, whatever your goal may be. If you start now, you'll start to figure out the path for yourself and you'll also start to attract the things in which you're looking for. The universe has a way of giving us what we put out. And so if you're putting out that you want to be an artist or that you're actively pursuing art, the universe will reward you with the things that you need and the tools that you need that will help you on this path. Mm -hmm.
0: I can't think of a better way to end our conversation. Shan Wallace, thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to see what you're going to do next.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for this. This is great.
2: Tired of paying 16 bucks a month for Netflix? Check out the Pratt's free streaming services, Canopy and Hoopla. Download popular movies and TV shows using just your library card. Details at prattlibrary.org.
0: I'm Megan McCorkle, and you've been listening to the Free to Be More podcast by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. You can follow the Pratt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next month for another Free to Be More conversation. Thanks for listening.